This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 38, Arkansas 31 is our final score. The game tying score 31-31. Parker Kingston on a touchdown catch earlier in the game. Parker Kingston on a touchdown throw. And Parker Kingston joining us at field level. Parker, Greg, and hands upstairs. Congratulations to you and the guys. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Take us through the emotional swings of this one, if you would. Oh, man. There were so many ups and downs. You know, we just had to stay stay level-headed. Couldn't get too high. Couldn't get too low. But we came out with the dub in SEC territory. So, uh, sorry, in, in your high school days, Parker, you threw a few touchdown passes, right? Yeah, oh yeah, God, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. So they know you can throw the rock. Uh, how excited were you, were you to have this play in tonight? Uh, I was super excited. I didn't know it was going to come so early, but uh, thinking later in the game, but he, he called it, and uh, first touchdown, throwing touchdown in my career here. So, Parker, I want to go to your, your touchdown that you had down the right side. What an incredible play, an incredible run. Uh, do you want to thank maybe Isaac Rex and a couple of other guys for blocking for you? Oh, yeah. I'll thank Isaac. I'll thank Kingsley. I mean, I saw Kingsley out in front of me, and I said there's no way that guy's getting <laughs> me. So I just ran as fast as I could in the end zone and scored. When the game is 14 nothing Arkansas within three and a half minutes, take us to the sideline and when what you guys are telling each other and what you're thinking about this thing. Uh, we knew they were going to come and try and punch us in the face, you know, hit us hard, but we came back harder, matched their points, and came out with the dub. So I'm just curious because we keep seeing these covered-up receiver calls. What what happens in those moments where Isaac Rex is out there catching a the ball and running down the field? Kind of help us understand what happens. Yeah, um, we messed up with the formation or whatever. I don't really know what happened, but usually we just get on the ball when we're not supposed to and need to get off so we can not cover up Isaac on these critical plays that are happening in this game. But it was up to the defense to seal the deal, and that they did, Parker. Fun to watch tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Love watching the defense get turnovers, sacks. It was awesome. Winning a game in SEC country, is there a better feeling? I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was crazy. This atmosphere was crazy. To play, score your first touchdowns in SEC territory was probably one of the coolest moments I've ever had in my life. And you got to celebrate with a whole lot of BYU Blue in that corner of the stadium, too. Yep, there's a lot. There's a lot. They travel well. I want to talk to you a little bit about blocking some of these corners because these Arkansas corners are as good as they come. They're really solid corners. How tough was it? How physical was it to get in and block some of these guys? Um, we knew coming in the game they'd be they'd come and try to be physical with us, but as long as we were the hammer and not the nail, that they would start backing off, and we could tell by the end of the game they didn't want anything to do with us on the perimeter. So that's what happened. Well, you pounded it to 3-0 and tonight. Parker, congrats. Thanks again. Thank you. Great All win. Right. Thank you, guys. All right, to Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Keaton Slovis and the BYU Cougars defeating Arkansas 38-31 tonight here in Fayetteville. Keaton joining us from field level. Keaton, congratulations on a win in SEC country. It has to feel great. Thank you, yeah. 
a lot of emotions, but it uh, feels great. And this was a game of emotional swings. You're down big, you're up kind of big, you're down big again, and, and what, what, what a bunch of fight you have on this team. Yeah, just really proud of this team. You know, it's not easy when you go down 14 to start the game and uh, battle back, tied it up, took the lead. Uh, then second half, a little bit of a slow start. Um, but again, the guys didn't lose, lose faith, and uh, that's a tough team to me that's being tough and handle adversity the right way, and just really proud of the guys. Well, I love catching up with you after these wins, Kate. And first and foremost, man, I just want to do it. I know Greg just congratulated you, but I want to congratulate you again because what a gutsy win by you. What a gutsy win by this BYU team because it took a lot of guts to take those punches in the first quarter and respond. Take me into the sideline and into the huddle after uh, – after Arkansas had gotten up, take me into that huddle and tell me how you handled it as a leader of this team. Yeah, he's got to keep everyone up. It was so early. I think there were only like two or three minutes off the clock. I think everyone kind of sensed it. Obviously, when they jump on a lead like that, you get kind of shocked. But I think our guys and myself kind of want to just, you know, garner that, you know, if we got nothing to lose mentality. We're down 14. Who cares? Let's go and score. Um, the trick play was huge. Great call by Rod. And then after that, I think we settled in. And uh, that's the thing. Like, as a quarterback, you just got to get a little bit of positive stuff going. We had one positive play, first down, then call a trick play. And all of a sudden, guys, guys start to believe again. Same thing in the second half. But I think after the first half and uh, not, ha- <clears throat> excuse me, not, uh, not being down so much early, um, only 11 points, I think guys, guys felt just as confident. How's that double pass, uh, the gadget, been working in practice, by the way, that Parker threw? It's been working great. That was one of the, one of the better. Uh, you know, we always trying to find a way to run a trick play, but uh, – that was one of the more, more well-oiled ones, and uh, I think we knew it was going to get called today. Parker dropped a dime, and Dion did a great job. So, Keaton, out of all the games that I've watched so far, Sam Houston, Southern Utah, and now Arkansas, I felt like this was Caleb Etienne's best game, and I felt like you had plenty of time in the pocket for the majority of the night. Talk about protections up front and how you felt sitting in the pocket. Yeah, you know, it's a, <clears throat> hats off to them. They're a really good D-line. Uh, they got some pressures, had a few sacks, but – uh, for, for as good of a D-line that is, I thought our guys did a great job of hanging in there, ran the ball well early on, and, uh, again, just, just enough time to, to get enough balls out and just really proud of those guys. That was a really long game. I think the first quarter is like an hour long. So, Felt like it, yeah. Um, yeah, just proud of those guys, those big guys. I think as the game went on, you know, I think we won the conditioning battle too. This was only Kalani's second win when taking a tie game into the fourth quarter. The first win came with you on the field back in 2019. It was also a BYU, you know, went the other way. You were on the other team. But uh, uh, these tie games where it's a quarter to win it, it takes a lot to, to win the final 15 like you guys did tonight. Yeah, it does. And, again, it's just testament to our culture and our character. Um, again, I, I love the close tight games at the end of the game. Uh, as a quarterback, you know, it's your job to go win the game at the end of the game. And uh, your defense played great and just really proud of this team. It's a really tough team, and uh, we're going to continue to get better and better each week. I want to get your thoughts on how much BYU blue you saw here in Fayetteville tonight. A lot. That whole section over there, and right now it's only blue. So uh, just proud of the support. I knew everyone said we traveled well, but there's a lot of noise in the stadium at the end of the game. That was exciting. Yeah, Kaden, this has been such a beautiful union, watching you come to BYU buy in, absolutely embrace the community, and then watch the community embrace you. I'm sure you've got a lot of thanks out there for them, too. Yeah, I do. I love Cougar Nation and uh, just feel so much love and support. And, again, it's, it's so so refreshing traveling so far from home and seeing all this blue here and feeling the love. And, again, I, I love this place. I'll be a Cougar for life. Keaton, thank you again for the time. Congrats on getting a 3-0. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Keaton Slovis. Big O Tires Cougar Postgame Live continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. 
It is Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live, coming to your way live from Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's brought to you in part by JCW's. If tailgating's not your thing, but you still want to eat good after the game or even before the game, JCW's has mouth-watering burgers and shakes the whole family can enjoy. JCW's quality and a lot of it. Scoring. And a lot of it tonight here in Fayetteville. 38-31, BYU wins it last year. BYU scored 35 in a loss. BYU scores 38 in a win this year against the Razorbacks. And it was a crazy game. It was a final, uh, a wild final play. The final play uh, came with K.J. Jefferson kind of going down in a heap. But right before he hits the ground, I guess, he just kind of flips the ball ahead. It hits an offensive lineman who catches it. It ends up bouncing to Dubini, and he gets tackled. And there was three flags being thrown, and it was illegal touching. And it all came in a swarm of people at the end. But the ultimate uh, outcome is the BYU defense making a play when they needed to make one final play to win this game. They wrapped up K.J. Jefferson, brought him down. It was a desperation fling of the ball that ended up resulting in penalties, and that's the way the game ended. Well, it felt like the final 40 seconds was just complete chaos. And it was chaos completely that was really um, forced by Jay Hill's defense. It was just great rushing. I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm shocked. When Tyler Batty lines up in a jet formation and hits with an inside jab, outside speed rush move against an Arkansas left tackle and, and goes and gets a big-time sack. And so you know how I count batted balls as a sack? You do. I also count forcing a holding call on a passing down as a sack, which which I saw, I believe it was John Nelson that forced a holding call, which resulted essentially in a sack. And so I put huge weight into defensive linemen that can force a pass rush enough that an offensive lineman has to hold on to him. And BYU's defensive line did that multiple times. What, what, what world am I living in right now? You got BYU pass rushing. You've got... Some beautiful press on the outside. How about the press coverage? Because when they went two safeties deep, they went man press or they went man up on those receivers. They were basically manning with them and keeping the safeties over the top. Now, those the, the man coverage would, would bell on certain routes, but that was great coverage by Heckard and, and others in that defensive backfield. This was the most classic and pure example of Jay Hill defense and the difference that Jay Hill can make for the BYU Cougars. This was it, full display. And did you see that play coming, the Eddie Heckard strip recovered by Tyler Batty on that third and seven? Oh, okay, so let's go back to that blitz. So we're talking, this is this is... About four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It's third and seven. Arkansas at their own 42-yard line. And Jade Hill dials up a nickel blitz from Eddie Heckard. He gets the strip. Batty gets the fumble recovery. So what happens in that is, and, and I, I saw him leaking. So Eddie Heckard will just start to edge towards the, the pocket or towards the middle of the line of scrimmage. And on the snap, the defensive end will bail and so an offensive lineman thinks, oh, he bailed. I'm going to look inside for, for help. Eddie Heckard comes off that nickel blitz, and it hadn't been called all night. I, ha- I hadn't seen anything like that all night. Now, they had seen it on film because I've seen it against Southern Utah, but it's kind of tough in the, the length of a game. You're four quarters in. <laughs> You've got four minutes left. You haven't seen anything like that. Why would you think they're going to run that right now? You think they're just going to go a classic rush, a four-man rush, but they drop out the edge, they rush that nickel blitz, and Heckard is a speed demon. He got there fast, and Tyler Batty was really good. Just a 
bloodhound for that football. Now, BYU did not score on the ensuing possession, but two minutes of clock time came off, which were big in a one-score game. Will Farron missed a 50-yard field goal that might have iced the thing for BYU, but it still was a key phase of the game where Arkansas doesn't advance up the field. Two minutes come off, and ultimately, uh, Arkansas does get itself into a position to do something late. They got down to the 16-yard line, and then a holding penalty backed them up, and there were some penalties late that Arkansas is going to rue by the end of the night. Arkansas ended up with a penalty total of 14 for 125 yards on the night. Oh, man, that is so painful. That is so many yards. And, you know, that really just goes to what the defense, a lot of what the defense was doing. They forced a lot of those penalties. Yes, they did. Uh, Last year against K.J. Jefferson, no sacks of K.J. Tonight, four. Last year, Arkansas was 12 of 15 on third downs. Tonight, Two of 13. That is a huge number. Arkansas gained 424 yards. They scored 31 points. But this was a defensive gem from BYU in a lot of ways, wasn't it? It was one of, it was one of the better defensive performances I've seen from BYU. Now, it's obvious you can't really compare it because it's an entire new defensive staff. But I, what I'm really trying to point out to BYU fans is how much this staff changed meant. Okay, so Greg, let's go back to our pregame talk. We were talking about moving into a 10-game schedule, a 10-game big boy schedule. Power conference schedule. Yeah. I talked about making defensive coaching staff changes to get ready for that move. It just paid off with a win. That was the defensive staff putting together a really good game plan to finish that out. There was no panic. <laughs> there was no panic by the defensive sets. I want people to just put themselves in the shoes of an Eddie Heckert. You're lining up over the top of a guy that runs a 4-3-4-40, a guy that's had three years of college football experience, and you're lining up over the top of him with the game on the line, 40 seconds on the clock, knowing that there's one safety on your side of the field behind you, and you've got to press and run with that guy. Heckard coming from Weber State said, what the heck? That doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to man up with this guy. I'm going to press him, and I'm going to go make a big play. Not to mention the open field that, tackle that Heckard had, I believe it was near the middle of the fourth quarter, that was monumental. It was just him, his his ball carrier, and all the grass in the world, and he just makes an open field tackle. You don't do that. Very few corners make that tackle because those receivers are trained to, to jab the helmet down and get the extra yardage. So, wow, what you a say, You say Eddie, Eddie felt no pressure in those moments. I think, I think you might have felt more pressure with the beef rib this afternoon. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling the pressure from behind my ribs, man. Holy cow. By the way, BYU now 40-3 and three in the Kalani era when the Cougars score 30 or more. BYU wins at 38-31. This is Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live. More from Fayetteville coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, 38-31, BYU a winner over Arkansas here in Fayetteville. Time for our Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game. Brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart, the source for metal roofing and siding. When you buy from Palmer's Metal Mart, you buy from the manufacturer direct and you save money. Hans Olsen, who do you like for the Palmer's Metal Mart? 
the man of the game tonight. Well, it could go to so many, but I'm going to give it to Eddie Heckard. We just talked about it. Coming from Weber State, getting this SEC game, not showing no fear, full medal out there. And just go through his stat line, Greg, because he had a little bit of everything. So five tackles, of which four are solo, including that great open field stop. Uh, so four solo stops, a sack, two TFLs, and a fumble forced. <laughs> and that fumble force uh, came on that nickel blitz at a huge, huge uh, uh, point in the game. Hey, let me just put you in Jay Hill's shoes for a minute. So you get the call, hey, you're going to be the defensive coordinator. You're looking around the team like, man, who can I bring that will set the standard, that will build the culture? You bring Eddie Heckard. And you know that Eddie Heckard is going to give you everything he's got in his little body. And you also bring Camden Garrett on the other corner. Those two have generated an excitement and energy off the edge and in protection that's just unique. So very well deserved by Eddie Heckard. The Palmer's Medal March, Steel Man of the Game. Now for our Waystar, Star of the Game. How about a guy that gets his first BYU touchdown catch and his first BYU touchdown throw in the same game? Parker Kingston, one for one for 37 yards and a touchdown, and then three for 46 through the air with a touchdown that ties the game in the fourth quarter uh, tonight uh, for BYU. That's Parker Kingston. By the way, the uh, the touchdown came late in the third quarter, I should say, but it made it 31-31. So Parker Kingston, I think, is your Waystar star of the game, brought to you by Waystar, simplifying health care payments. Learn more at waystar.com. I want to add one thing. Yeah. He also had the 46-yard uh, kick return. Kick return, yeah. He's, uh, he's had two kickoff returns now, 40-plus this year. Well, that set up, that was, that was a really nice field position. So, Man, and and great in the post game. Just a, a great kid. What a well earned moment and earned uh, award for his performance tonight. It's just crazy, Greg. Okay, so this was something that really popped out to me, and it was popping out to me kind of into the third and going into the fourth. And I called it during the broadcast a couple times. Not a single catch from Epps. Not a single catch from Keanu Hill. And you finish the game without a catch from either one of those receivers, and you win this game. And you do it on the back of Isaac Rex and his four catches and 60 yards, and you do it on the back of Parker Kingston and his three catches and 46 yards. But if you'd have told me, hey, Hans, neither Epps nor Hill are going to have a catch in this game, I'd say, oh, Greg, I don't know if that – I don't know how well that lines up. Mm. But look at Kingston answering the call multiple times – and that touchdown, I, you know, I could go to some specifics on the blocking. The blocking was really good by Isaac Rex. He mentioned Kingsley Somata'ea out on the blocking, but we'll go back and look at that video. He had a lot of help from his teammates. Okay, those are our postgame honors tonight. Uh, Eddie Heckard and Parker Kingston, and you mentioned the, the 40-plus yard kickoff return. Helping BYU to keep its pretty uh, substantial edge in field position this year. BYU's now won the average starting field position three times in three games. And it was plus nine yards for BYU tonight in average starting field position. Chase Roberts is putting on the headset uh, down at field level right now as we continue our postgame coverage on Big O Tires Cougar postgame live. And Chase Roberts had the game-winning touchdown for BYU. It came in the fourth quarter with eight minutes to play. And it was one of the most beautiful, tough-to-make catches you will ever see. A one-handed gem 
that made it 38-31 on the PAT. And Chase Roberts with the headset on. Congratulations to you. Well done tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wow. I mean, every touchdown is going to feel great for you that you ever score at BYU. But this was career touchdown number five for you. No bigger moment. The ball's in the air. And maybe you could uh, retrace your steps on that for us. Um, Yeah, we had a little crossing route. um, And I knew if I could find the open spot uh, that Keaton would get me the ball. And, you know, I've been practicing ever since I was a little kid, those um, those sideline catches, um, getting my feet down. So I was just focusing on catching the ball. I knew I was in the right spot to get at least one foot down and was able to make the catch. So uh, great ball by Keaton. Uh, awesome job by the offense, especially the lead up to that. Keelan's uh, long, long pass that he uh, that he caught uh, leading up to the touchdown. So. Um, Got to give credit to, to the offense. I had a chance to play this game a lot of years, but I've always wondered what it'd be like to be a receiver and stretching my body out and one hand catching a football. <laughs> do you know when you hit and you tumble out of bounds, do you know that's a touchdown in that moment? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you feel it. You can Being a receiver, you kind of get a feel for the field and where you're at. Um, I knew I had at least one foot down and secured the ball with my hand. Um, so... Uh, I knew it was a touchdown and was just waiting for the, the ref to put up his hands, so it was exciting. All right, we are here in SEC country, but there were times tonight when, when you heard the BYU crowd almost as loud as it felt like a home game in our crowd, oh, Mike. Yeah. It is something else, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. We're so grateful for BYU Nation, uh, Cougar Nation, and all you guys that show up uh, wherever we go. It doesn't matter if we're across the world. that We always see BYU fans showing up uh, and being there, being loud. Um, it felt like a home game tonight. How did you feel about, about the 2-0 and performance coming into this week? And does 3-0 and kind of validate something about what this team has already done and doing? I think we're just resilient. Whatever team we're playing, we're going to battle. We're going to be tough. We're going to score points. And it doesn't matter if we're in SEC country, if we're playing uh, SUU. We're going to come out. Uh, we're going to you know, play hard and, and score points. So we're, we're excited to show that. Uh, to be 3-0, and and we're looking forward to the next game to go 4-0. Chase, how hard do you fight with Aaron Roderick and Parker Kingston to not be the quarterback on that throw, <laughs> that throwback to Deion Smith? You want that throw, don't you? You could make that throw. <laughs> nah, yeah, of course. I love I love throwing the ball, but uh, Parker actually played quarterback in high school. We were coming from, from the right side, so he had the angle with his left hand and, you know, threw a perfect ball. It was so exciting to see that. And also Parker's uh, receiving touchdown. It was cool to get to see him get his first, and he had a great game. So when, when that's called in the huddle, that play, when it's called in the huddle, are you thinking to yourself, touchdown? Oh, or, yeah. what, what is the thought process? Oh, yeah, because we ran it probably 100 times in practice. So uh, when we uh, were out on the field, I knew it was going to be executed perfectly, and, and it was, and it was awesome to see. All right, first road game tonight, win. Now it's... The first ever game in Big 12 history for BYU in conference play. How stoked are you for Lawrence next week? Oh, it's going to be awesome. You know, this momentum going forward, uh, we're going to come out firing, and we're excited. So uh, let's let's go 4-0. Chase, thank you. Congrats again. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Tyler Batty coming up next on the Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. BYU improves to 3 0 on the year, and BYU improves to 8 8 all time against members, current members of the Southeastern Conference. BYU a winner in SEC country for the second time in as many tries, Tennessee in 2019, and Arkansas here in 2023. Tyler Batty joining us now on Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. 
Wow, it's going to be a fun flight home, isn't it? Very enjoyable, won't it be? Yes, sir. I'll be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have sweet dreams tonight. Indeed. How much fun was that out there tonight? Uh, it was an absolute blast. Uh, tonight, tonight's game was a lot of fun and just, uh, yeah, coming down here and, and playing football with, with the guys, man. It doesn't get any better. All right, so, Tyler, there was a point in this game where Greg and I were up here and we're broadcasting this thing, and there was about a minute, minute 40 left or something in the game, and I said, this all comes down to the four-man rush. That's what it comes down to because K.J. Jefferson completes balls when he doesn't have pressure, period. He's a 78% complete quarterback. He can absolutely throw it. And I said, if they don't get pressure, they lose this game. You step up with one of the best pass rushes I've seen from you in your career at BYU. Take me through that pass rush and that sack. (laughs) You know, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Can't remember a whole lot. It was, I'll I'll tell you what, the end of the game really was just a whirlwind. Um, And uh, and, and honestly, just... uh, Felt like another play uh, got out there, right? Uh, I don't. Even, I don't even remember what down well, it was, right? I, I saw you. I saw you actually take another half step to the outside. I saw you line up a little bit wide on that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, honestly, it'll probably take some film watching to jog my memory. Um, but really, yeah, at the end of the game, there it was just uh, we we knew it was a two minute situation, and so um, yeah, that was just widening out, getting a little bit better angle on the edge, and then it was just go time right just take off and and throw you know best move that you have and and we're just trying to get home and so um i you know i think that's what it came down to yeah i'd love to you know watch some film and break it down some more but right now there was enough adrenaline pumping tonight i think my you know i think i'm not concussed i promise i just think i'm a little foggy you do remember falling on the football at eddie heckard strip probably that i that i do we had a little stunt game going on that was a little bit more clear had a little stunt game going on Ended up popping over the other side just in time to see Eddie strip it and ball on the ground, right? So jumping on it, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was a great job by Eddie. Okay, how, how big has he been for this defense through three games? Eddie, he's been huge, instrumental. He's, he's an absolute phenomenal player. He's, he's totally locked down, um, and he just, he just makes plays, right? You know, he's not afraid to hit, and, or, and he's great in coverage. So. so, Tyler, it's a different year in a lot of ways, but last year – couldn't get home on KJ, couldn't get off the field on third downs. Tonight, a totally different story. You get to Jefferson for four sacks, and Arkansas was 2 of 13 on third downs. What accounts for such a dramatic turnaround in those two key areas tonight? Our new defense, right? Our, our, our new philosophy, uh, the way we're playing, you know, when it comes down to those to those moments, um, putting people in, in places to succeed, right? And, uh, and then the coaching right that we've that we've been working you know been working with k-pop and jan all off season um and coach hill right just to to make sure we're ready for those moments hey tyler can you kind of walk us into that eddie heckard and that fumble recovery because i was telling greg i hadn't seen that play called all game long basically you're bringing heckard in from that nickel or that inside slot position and you're running the blitz are you dropping an end off of that how did that blitz go down exactly yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm, uh, if you go back and look, I'm field side. I'm slanting uh, to the boundary. It's a you know a little bit of a field pressure there, and uh, and so yeah, we did have a DN dropping off that side, um, and uh, and so again, I need I need to go watch the film on all this. So if Eddie, I don't, I honestly don't know where Eddie came from. My my assumption is he came from the field, right? Yeah, he did. Hawked uh, hawked KJ from behind, and yep. then so yeah, we we're just we we're bringing we we're bringing a couple guys off that edge, and so um, I'm. Eddie's, Eddie's a fast dude. I'm glad he caught KJ. And like I said, I was just slanting 
uh, you know, across the front as well to to just get to my gap and and ta-da, you know, that's that's really how it works. This sounds so dumb. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all good. Not you, at all. You can probably tell on the bus ride into a stadium here in Fayetteville what game days mean in this neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Football in the SEC, again, they say it just means more. That's like their tagline. But in a lot of ways, it's the absolute truth. And when you beat an SEC team on its own field, you've done something pretty special. Do you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's always there's always a lot of talk. There's always a lot of noise. Uh, you know, as a player, most of the time you try to try to tune that out. Um, but, but, but like you said, you know, that's, that's what most people say is, you know, there's nothing like – um, the SEC conference, and you know this is where the best football's played, and um, you know I, yeah. So it means it means it means a lot to us, right? Um, to come in here and, and just and again play football with each other with the, with the, with the boys and and uh, to to win a game here tonight, yeah, absolutely means a lot. You want to shout out the BYU fans that turned out in such large numbers in Royal Blue tonight here? Absolutely, they were everywhere. They were everywhere. I did see a little bit of talk, you know. Um, uh, from some Arkansas fran- fans uh, prior to the game, just about you know they were anticipating uh, the Cougs showing out tonight, and uh, and they did. There was there was blue spattered throughout the stadium, and then we had an absolute section packed uh, full of blue tonight, and so uh, they made their presence felt. That's for sure. Hey, you ready to play some Big Twelve football next week? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, starting three and zero and and having a big win against Arkansas with that with that game against Kansas. How long do you celebrate this, Tyler? Before you put it back, uh, put it to bed tonight. That's it. Yep, that's that, that you know that's, that's really not, it. That's not very long. Man. Hey, we're so, going to we, believe me, we've already been celebrating in the locker room. Good. Uh you know, man, we've been we've been dancing, we've been singing, we've been having a lot of fun. Um and so yeah, man, absolutely. We we celebrate this tonight and then uh tomorrow and all next week is just it's just preparation for our next game. No, we're so happy for you guys to enjoy these special moments in your college career and something you'll remember for a long long time. Tyler, thank you again. Great work tonight and safe travels. Proud of hey. you, Tyler. Thank you, guys. Take Appreciate that game it. film to Jan Jorgensen. Yes, sir. Oh, he, he he liked what he saw tonight, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Thanks again, Tyler. All right, guys. All right, TB, that's Tyler Batty. We'll come back more of Cougar Postgame Live. Big O Tires Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. BYU fans, remember, when the Cougars win, you win. With Papa John's Pizza, use the online promo code BYU50 on the app or at papajohns.com Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer good at any Utah location, but Monday only. Coming up, it will be the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show with Kalani Sitake. But let's hear a couple of words from Sam Pittman, head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. His team falls to BYU. Cougs win it 38-31 tonight here in Fayetteville. Here's the coach, Sam Pittman, moments ago. I want to give BYU credit. Um, they came and played. We knew they were going to had a team that played extremely hard, and uh, they certainly did. Uh, took care. Uh, they took care of the ball a little bit better than us, and they certainly were better in the penalty area. And, and uh, I want to give them credit. They they played a good football game, and and uh, we've got a lot of things to clean up. Uh, they exposed us a little bit in, with their pass rush and not necessarily um, bringing extra just with their ends. And uh, certainly the penalties, uh, we've got to get a handle on that. Bob, it's 
Sam, I know it was fourth and real short, but when you went for it to 50 there in the third quarter, mm-hmm. last week you said the Sam Olympics said, not, yeah, not from not from the 48, but or for, from the 49-yard line, but from the, I was talking about the 35. I thought we could get it, and I went for it. Obviously, we didn't. They outscored you 17 zip after that. How much do you think that swung the momentum? Yeah, I really don't know. It's it's hard to say because I mean, I guess we can say that all the points after that came because of that play, but I know three of them came off of that play. You know, I don't know that um, the other 14 did. I, I mean, I don't know who's who's to know, but I know three of them did. Sam, you talked about that final drive. You guys had, I think, five penalties on the final drive. I think they accepted four of them, though. One, um, and why, why do you think the offensive line was having? They were holding. They were all holding penalties. They were all holding penalties. Well, no, they wasn't. We jumped off sides on one of them as well, but. The rest of them were holding penalties, and uh, you know when uh, Chamberly went down, we 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 moved Brady out to tackle, and and uh, moved well, we moved Chamberly over to begin with because Kudis had gotten hurt, and uh, and then Chamberly went down, and Kudis came back out there, but uh, we just we we weren't moving our feet, we we. Um, we're getting on edge, and we they bowled us, you know, a lot of the game. And then uh, when you're setting for a bowl, sometimes you're you're susceptible for an inside move, and that's what happened. And we start we 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 were holding them. Defense played well. I mean, 281 yards, which is surprising with the 38 points. Um, what's your thoughts on you? You talked about that fourth down call at midfield. It seemed like you guys had a lot of momentum. Defense was playing well. Um, you feel like that was a big momentum swing in the game? Obviously, that seemed to be where things kind of turned for you. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I've been asked twice, so I guess the answer is yes. Um, but I didn't. I mean, we were up fourteen to nothing, and they went up twenty-one to nothing in the first half. And I don't think it was because we went for it on fourth down. So, I mean, I I, I think that. Uh, they were making third and longs, you know, and uh, we couldn't get we couldn't get them off the field. But uh, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't go for it on fourth down. Obviously, we didn't make it. Sam, you talked about the pass pro issues. Just was there anything BYU was doing that surprised you at all, or just kind of what was the, the no? I mean, no, not at all. There wasn't any blitzes that we weren't ready for. It, it wasn't it wasn't a blitz fest. I mean, they they pounded gaps uh, when we was trying to run the football. They just they they whipped us. I mean that's what happened out, out out on the edge, and we started chipping them and all those type things. And going into the game, we really didn't feel like we would need to chip out there and things that we could get our back out in the route and all that. But uh, they proved that they were longer, stronger than uh, what we what we anticipated on watching film wise, and uh, they got after us. And also, is there a, a strategic or maybe X's and O's reason for KJ on fourth and one to not go like under center or something? That's the third question that I've been asked on that. I, I've already, I think I've already answered the question. Well, I just think a lot of fans are, are, have asked, like, you know, like, you know, on fourth and one, we got to take the quarterback yeah, that side. I've, an, I've answered the question. Sam, uh, 
two for 13 on third down tonight. What did you think the issues were there on that down? Well, some of it had to do with distance. You know, some of them had to do with the percentage of getting – we were losing first down, so we're behind the sticks, you know. Um, obviously, uh, there was a few drops, and then we had some pressure. And the pressure that BYU gave us tonight was was uh, really uh, probably the difference in the game as far as playing the game, you know. Um, I just thought they were they were all over us, and it, again, it wasn't a it wasn't necessarily a blitz fest, and so I think that affected us big time on third down. Saying you had, you had another fourth and one, you know, down. Yeah, we were going to go for it. Yeah, and, and then you get the penalty. How tough is that? Because it feel like when you're down seven, you got to keep driving. Well, the only problem there was if we go for it, and we don't make it there. The game's over. You know, and I did have the three timeouts, so that was a conversation that we had. And Dan and them thought they could, you know, thought we could get it. Um, but we were very, very concerned about running the sneak because they were jumping bear. You know, they had all our guard, they had the guards in the in the center. And it's easy to say that you can just you got a big quarterback and you can go get a first down. But with their and bear and they're plugging a gaps, you. You, you know, they basically would have five guys in there for your three, so. Um, but, yeah, we jumped off sides on that one. And then your next four, as well documented, away from home. Just how tough is it to lose this one with what you got coming up? Well, it, it's hard to lose any time, you know, especially because the crowd was so great and the Hogwarts was so great and the people were loud. And, you know, we, we're dis- you know, we disappointed um, – the home fans, you know, that they're all hard to lose. But I don't really look at it as a four-game stretch on the road and all that. I'm just – LSU, as we all saw, played really well today, and, and we've got our work cut out for us. But uh, we'll be ready to play when we go down there. But um, LSU, next one at night, and it, obviously it's hard to go into Baton Rouge. For Brady, who holds himself to such a high standard, how does he mentally turn the page from the – I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, we ask him to move out there. Devin Manuel just hasn't been healthy. And uh, got a stinger, and it, we keep thinking that he's going to get back. And so we made a decision on Thursday that, that's you know, we played Brady on Tuesday and Wednesday at left tackle um, just to make sure because I didn't know if Dev would be able to play. But he'll be fine. He'll 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 bounce back from it. He's won a lot of games here and been been a great player for us. Um, and he'll 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 bounce back. He wasn't the reason we lost the game tonight. He he'll be fine. Coach, I noticed he started snacks and Jalen Braxton. Yeah. What went that? He also rotated guys there. Yeah, I just thought they practiced the best. You know, we were we didn't practice as well. At corner uh, on Tuesday, we made the decision that uh, we need to be a little bit better there. So we, uh, Braxton had earned that right, you know, and and uh, we thought we might be a little bit better putting snacks at corner and having HUD play, you know, obviously a safety and a hog.
Kingston, number 82 for them. I went back and looked. He hadn't played much the first two games, but he had a touchdown pass, caught a touchdown. Yeah. Surprised a little bit with what he was able to do. Well, he's a good kickoff return guy, so I knew that he had a lot of talent. You know, we we were nervous about him on, at there, but uh, he made some really good players on us. And and uh, the little screen, I believe that we they threw it to him. The little throwback screen was, you know, they it was a great call, and then we really wasn't nobody in front of him. To be honest with you. Sure. Sure. Y'all scored so quick on it. Okay. Go ahead, Bob. Okay. Y'all scored so quick on on the long run by by. Green and the punt returns, 14-zip. Do you think, um, I know you didn't think this, but you think there was a feel on the team that, hey, this is going to be easy? I don't think so. You know, I told the team at halftime, thank the Lord for adversity because we had it in the first half. And then we came back and went up three. And, and uh, you know, I don't – BYU played a really good game. They played a physical game on us. We've got a lot of work to do, but um, – uh, they they did better job with it than we did because they were in it too. You know they were down fourteen, down ten, all this kind of stuff, and and came back and won the game. So, uh, but I thought at halftime uh, we were in good shape and came out and you know obviously three and out and went and scored and uh, then stopped them again. Had the ball, didn't make it on fourth and one, and then they went down, kicked a field goal, and then after that we're down. I scored 14 in a row. We threw a pick. So. You got some yeah. good leaders on this team, like, like KJ and the older guys. What was your message to the team, and how do you think y'all bounced back from that? Well, we played hard. I mean, I, we played hard. We just didn't play smart. So we've got to do a better job of, of playing smart. We've got to do a better job of holding on to football. You know, we had two turnovers, and we haven't had any all year. You know, and that's credit to BYU. They, they're knocking it out, and they're in, in passing lanes and all those kind of things. Um. That is Sam Pittman, head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. This is Big O Tires Cougar postgame live, and we go from Coach Pittman to Isaac Rex on the headset on the field. BYU 38, Arkansas 31, our final score. Isaac, congratulations to you and the guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking a minute with us. Um, we, we talked earlier with Parker about how this game was up and down multiple times tonight. When you look back and try to describe this game to somebody, what are you going to say? Uh, exactly how you described it, just up and down, you know, a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns and different situations that happened. It was, it was definitely a fun one, you know. That's uh, kind of what you get when you go into an SEC territory. You, you get some interesting experiences. So uh, it was such a uh, really exciting that uh, you know get a win for our fans out here tonight. So Isaac, I was thinking if you had a dollar for every block that you laid that led to a touchdown, you'd have at least five bucks. So. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you, you've been blocking like a maniac down the field. What's your problem? You got an anger problem when you're blocking because you are nasty on the downfield blocks. Take me to those some of those blocks, including the one that you had against uh, the guy on when the Parker Kingston went and scored. Yeah, I mean, you just got to get in front of them. And, you know, uh, I said some choice words to him after that I need to go repent about after. But, yeah, it was a fun game. You know, it was it was exciting to, you know, play an SEC ter- uh, team. And, you know, the stereotype is SEC teams, you know, they like to bully you. And so we, we went out there and we, were, we didn't want to get bullied around, you know, as, as a whole team. And I think we did a great job about that. Yeah, Sam, Sam Pittman, we just heard from a moment ago when you popped on the headset. And he was using words like longer and stronger and physical. And, and this and was whipped. Uh, yeah, whipped. Uh, you played some SEC football tonight. 
Oh yeah, no, we were we were deep in the trenches in that game. It was it was so fun. And so when you compare this team and where you were last year, and obviously your quarterback is out in the NFL and he's doing great things from last year, and it was a great team. But when you compare this team, Slovis and this offensive line and your receiver sets and the defense with Jay Hill and my goodness, that defense, Isaac, mm-hmm. what an incredible, it's so amazing. They're um, great. How do you compare this team to what you had, and how excited are you about this team now moving into Big 12 play? Oh, I'm really excited, and I think we have a lot of good camaraderie around the team. We we really love each other, you know, even though there's times we were down in the game today. No one had a long face. Everyone was pumping each other up. We were all excited to get back on the field and, you know, to keep scoring, to keep moving the ball. And same with the defense, you know, if they gave up a touchdown, um, you know, they, they didn't have their heads high or heads low. They were, um, you know, getting back out there, making stops, making sacks, getting holding calls. It was it was awesome to see. So just an overall great team effort. Whether it was third and longs or fourth and longs late in the game, Arkansas is trying to drive down and tie the score. You can do nothing about it as an offensive player. Uh, the vibe on the sideline there as you're just trying to hang on for dear life to finish this one out, what was that like? Yeah, a lot of prayers. Um, <laughs> Uh, anytime we got a holding call, it was like the, you know, a Christmas present. It was the coolest thing ever. And uh, we were calling out holding every single time because it felt like they were doing it. So uh, it was just, uh, yeah, uh, definitely a scary moment uh, after the missed field goal. We would love to, um, you know, put it away then. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a very uh, spiritual moment in terms of a lot of prayers on the sideline from the offense. Speaking of spiritual moments, you, do you have to get back to town for a, a spiritual assignment tomorrow? Yep, me and my wife are Sunday school teachers, so I got 1030 church. Um, you know, last last time I taught, there wasn't a lot of participation, which was pretty tough. So, But the first time we taught, it was a lot of participation. So we'll see what we get tomorrow. But I'm excited to, you know, uh, download the Come Follow Me podcast and uh, <laughs> listen to it on the plane. Hey, Isaac, we talked to Parker Kingston a little bit about this, and I just wanted to throw it at you because there's been two cover-up penalties that have taken some yards back from you. I'm just curious, what happens in that moment where they take that yardage back from you? Because that's nothing that I'm really familiar with. Yeah, I don't know. We've had way too many of those. So, uh, we need to work on that, and it's it's just lining up correctly so it's something we could totally fix um i mean but in the heat of a moment you know you sometimes forget uh certain alignments so you know we'll go back and uh figure that out so you just had an sec win tonight to get to three and oh it's a great feeling but now you get to play your first conference game as a byu cougar next week in lawrence your thoughts on being in the big 12 and playing league games now yeah, it's super exciting. Um, to be a part of the Big 12 is amazing, and we're so grateful for the president and, you know, all the other schools that allowed us to be in it. So, you know, we're going to go out there, play our hardest, have fun, um, enjoy the moment. But, yeah, to go to someplace like Kansas, play a really good Kansas team uh, is going to be really exciting. So, is, is this some of the most fun you've had playing the game, Isaac? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, you know, anytime you're out on the field and, if you've had experiences like me where it could possibly be taken away, um, it's it's very – I have a lot of, you know, gratitude towards this game. And um, to be able to just play with my team and, you know, get make plays and to pump dudes up, it's uh, it's really exciting. So Now, you've, you've seen it over the years, uh, Isaac, so it's not news to you, but when you can come this far away from BYU's home – 
and look up in a massive stadium and see a big chunk of the stadium wearing your colors, what does that do for you as a team and as a player? Oh, it gives us so much confidence, especially when they're in the game and they're standing up the whole time. It was so cool to see our fans, you know, very into it. Um, they, you know, cheered us on. It seemed like there was more blue than red in the stadiums at some point in the game. And, uh, man, we love our fans so much, and that's such a advantage for us that we have so many fans across the United States, across the world, um, that are, you know, uh, want to come to games, they want to support us, and we can't thank uh, Cougar Nation enough. Hey, how much do you continue to learn from your dad? Uh, <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, he we, he still watches film and he still corrects me on stuff and yeah, I still was, gives me pointers. But I was actually curious about that. I've got, I've got a son that's coming up in football, and I, I wonder how much tips do I give him and how much do I just kind of let him do his thing. So I'm always curious how much your dad is like, hey, Isaac, I need to get on a Zoom call with you after this game. I need to sit down and chat with you. How much does that happen? I want to know about Zoom call, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely more in high school than it probably is now um, just because, you know, we have similar experiences in college, and he's more supportive than anything. And my mom, he, uh, she, I mean, she kind of calms him down sometimes. He gets a little too excited uh, at certain (laughs) points, you know, in the season. So uh, it's good to have my mom there to uh, rile him in. I'm not going to ask you to rate post-game celebrations, but uh, this one's freshest to the memory. How was that locker room tonight after the game? Oh, it was sweet. I mean, everyone was on Instagram Live. They were all flashing their phones everywhere. So <laughs> it's going to be, I'm sure, like all of Cougar Nation could have saw it on social media. So it was, uh, yeah, it was very fun, a lot of good music, and we were all just dancing around. It was, it was sweet. Did Kalani dance? Oh, of course. He's, he dances during the game, so he's a dancer. <laughs> Isaac, always a pleasure chatting with you, even more so after wins. Uh, this has to be super gratifying. You're a 3-0 and team. I'm sure a lot of people took notice. At 2-0, and we weren't quite sure what to make of BYU. Probably a lot of people thought, you know, and this one just kind of puts a stamp on whatever you've done so far. Do you feel like this one was like, yep, this is who we are right now? Sure, and I think there's even a lot more that we can improve on. I mean, we did not play a perfect game by any stretch, uh, but it was, uh, you know, a great team win. A lot, we showed a lot of resiliency. And we're excited for the future. All right, Isaac, thank you again. Congratulations. Yep, thank you, guys. Okay, Appreciate it. Safe travels. Thanks Go a lot. Yep. All right, that's Isaac Rex and Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. More from Fayetteville coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The Postgame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economics Partners, a national leader in business valuation services. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Kalani Sitake is on the headset. We'll talk to Kalani after we give our stations 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Four years and eight days after BYU went into SEC country for a win in Knoxville, BYU gets a win in Fayetteville. And this is BYU Creamery, Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Head coach Kalani Sitake joining us now from field level. Kalani, congratulations on getting to 3-0 and with a fantastic win over Arkansas tonight. Way to go. Thanks. That was a lot of fun. I just 
happy uh, we got the win. Obviously, some things we need to fix, but uh, and keep improving. But that's I probably say that every week. Um, just happy that uh, the guys show some resilience and great leadership on our program and our team with our with our coaches. So really, really happy about the, the outcome. I go back to the beginning of the week, Kalani, and I had started watching Arkansas film against Kent State. Went back a little bit to Western Carolina, and I felt like this was a winnable game. I felt like the film showed that you guys could come in and, and get this win. As you guys went through film and as you guys game plan, how sure were you? How confident were you you could come here and get this victory? Well, we knew that if we um, had to be a physical game, that's what that's what we were trying to build our guys to do. So um, it, it wasn't perfect that we gave up a lot of plays still on defense and then on offense we missed some opportunities. But uh, special teams, we saw some really good things. We saw some things that we can improve on. But, listen, the, the, the team win, I'm more proud of the way the guys, we went down early, we're down 14-0, two scores. The guys didn't hang their head. They just kept playing. We just knew that the way you get back on it is you win one play at a time. And you just as long as that clock still has time, we're going to keep playing our best and then doing everything that we can. I like that they just stopped focusing on, on the scoreboard, just kind of just try to focus on one play at a time. And then we found ourselves in the second half down ten, uh, ten points, uh, two scores again, and I, I was proud of the way the guys fought back from that. So, uh, it's it's we need to keep doing that. Just just keep playing the game, and if, if adversity hits, keep relying on each other. But go back to just winning one play at a time and, and next play mentality. What's one of the biggest reasons you turned the tables from a fifty-two thirty-five loss to this team to a thirty-eight thirty-one win over Arkansas a year later? I think the guys believe in themselves. They believe in each other. I mean, we have a lot of new guys on this team. They bought into the the culture. And so we, we had this um, deliberate attempt to just bring guys that fit the culture um, and, and where we felt like they could help enhance it. It wasn't about um, just bringing playmakers. I think there's a lot of great playmakers out there. We need guys that are willing to be great teammates, and we saw a, a great team win today. You know, So t- tonight was a great team win. Uh, let's build on this, and then let's, let's find, find ways to get better. But we can be really proud of the fact that if, if, if we ever uh, run into adversity, we know that we can come back from it. Kalani, I've covered your career since you came back from southern Utah, and you started in as a position coach and a coordinator. And I've watched you grow into what you've become as a head coach. And I go back to your coordinating time and the aggressive defense that you would go into. And there was a play call by Jay Hill to bring a nickel blitz by Eddie Hecker that was just poetry it was beautiful when, when those calls are coming in does it throw you back a little bit to your time as a coordinator do you, do you clench your fist a little bit and you think let's go for it what, what are you like in those moments in those big third downs when Jay Hill's throwing the aggression on the field I said he speaks my language yes. that, that's exactly what I was wanting so um, you know he, he uh, he's willing to take risks and um, sometimes they they uh, don't pay off but uh, most of the time, the guys respond really well to aggressive play. You know, if, if we practice blitzes but we never call them in the game, then what's the point of practicing it? And how can guys be excited about practice when you do stuff in practice but you never call it in the game? And Jay um, and the staff come up with plays and blitzes and coverages that we run. And, and, and if, if, you know, when, when we're in the game, call them. And uh, what are you saving them for? So I like that he's doing that, and he's got, he's got so many different ways of the versatility of it all and, and how flexible it is to bring different people from different angles. 
um, you know, Jay, Jay's uh, done a great job with it and, and with a lot of with a new scheme. The scheme's still brand new to our guys, so we're still making some mistakes in the technique and, and certainly in, in certain uh, situations. But, um, man, the guys play hard. They, they, they grasp onto what, what Jay wants them to do. And sometimes Jay has these high expectations, and they got to meet it. The standard is really high. They got to meet it. We asked for more pass rush from our four-man rush, and it hit. You know, just like you got to keep keep believing in it, and um, you know we just had some we have some misplays out there defensively that we could have we, we wish we could get back. But KJ Jefferson makes people miss. He's hard to bring down. I just I'm just glad the guys were relentless to the very end. All right, before the break, this note: uh, Arkansas had not given the ball away through two games. They end up giving it away twice, and you end up plus one in the margin. And that's been as big as anything since you've been the head coach to winning a football game is just being ahead in that stat, and you ended up ahead tonight against a very good team with ball security. Yeah, and I was proud of, I mean, Chase fumbled the ball. It's okay. You know, the defense uh, showed up and, and, and held him to a field goal. Um, you know, obviously we want him to take care of the football better than that, but it happens, you know. I was really proud of Keaton taking the calculated risks on his throws. He can really knife it in there if he has to, but I thought he made the right decisions tonight. Um, you know, and, and overall, team win, all three phases I was really happy with. Um, room for improvement, which I'm really excited about. And, and um, let's just stay humble and keep working hard. All right, closing comments with the coach coming up. It is BYU Creamery's Cougar Postgame Coaches Show from Fayetteville on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, time for the Economics Partners Valuable Stat of the Game with Kalani here. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise. One of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. BYU now halfway to bowl eligibility, going to 3-0 and on the season. All right, the, the stat of the game, I like uh, Kalani, is, is third down defense. Last year, Arkansas was 12 for 15 on third downs in Provo. Tonight, 2 for 13. That's a huge difference and a big difference maker tonight. Big difference, and, and, and a lot of third downs were, were medium range, not not all third and long, and so, you know, we had to really step up and make some plays, and, and they were, you know, they're they're ready to go for it on fourth down, but they end up they end up uh, jumping um, false start on themselves, but just just really happy with the entire team, just happy with the, with the way the guys took the field and the confidence started to keep building as we were going through it. It was really rough at the beginning. It's like, man, what is going on here, you know? And the third downs, though, that, that's that's what, that's Jay's specialty. So, like, let's let's keep this thing rolling, man, and let's keep trying to build on this. I'm so glad I get to do this post game because I get to get a little selfish. So this is a selfish play in a selfish moment, but I really want you to take me into that fourth and one and that stop and at midfield yeah Yeah. and that defensive call and the pinch and the aggression Kalani what what's it like to be a head coach (laughs) and it's at midfield it's a fourth and one games on the line take me into all that man I I I really want to see what you feel in that moment well in in that moment Jay was going through a, a bunch of different scenarios and then he kept saying what do you what do you like Kalani and I'm like I like what you like you watch all the film go with your gut you know, you're in you're in the mix of it, and it's like just just call what you like, man. And and 
I didn't need I didn't need to give any input on that. He, he was in the moment. He was feeling it. He his, he knows what his guys are, are doing well and and um, man that, that was that was big time. You know. So it, it was also one of those moments where like, hey, this we came here to be physical too. Like you, you're going to try to get some yards on us and. This is this is a, a a game of wills. Like who's willing to do everything they can? We knew that they were going to fight, and and um, we knew that they were going to throw punches. We need to make sure that we threw ours. And I'm glad that Jay was able to feel confident with his calls. Kalani, last year your red zone number wasn't where you wanted it to be, and this year through three games, ten for ten, red zone scoring nine touchdowns. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, if you ask A Rod, he wish he had ten touchdowns. You know. But, <laughs> But uh, the um, we we feel really good about our our, our where we're at, and I, I feel great about our coaches and the way that they prepare, uh, especially with with A Rod running the offense and in and, and, um, with Jay doing the defense and with K Pop doing special teams. I don't think I don't think uh, Kelly gets enough credit for the things that he does, balancing the, the special teams, but then also you know coaching his DNs to that the high level. And I mean, I've been really impressed with the with all of them, and and uh, I'm, that's what I. I wanted him to be here for for this moment, for these moments to to take you know take advantage of our opportunities, and I'm glad we got the win because now we can really really build off of this. I, I do believe at some point in this Big 12 schedule, Cody Epps is going to play a big role. It, I have to imagine he had a pretty rough drop at the beginning of that game, uh, did not have a reception. But what did it mean to the team, and and what did it mean to you to have Cody Epps back on the field uh, in this this game? Cody's a great teammate. Uh, I think a lot he can do great things on the field, but he's such a great support to everybody. He's a team guy first, and, and so I'm glad that he's here on our team. I'm glad that he's on the field because when he's around the guys, man, his leadership and his skills can take over. So uh, I'm, I've been really, really honored to just coach these guys, and he's, I'm excited to see him on the field again. He'll make plays. Uh, listen, we, have, we feel like we have great talent all over the place, and so we feel good about our playmakers. When, when their numbers called and their opportunities show up, I think these guys will step up. Parker Kingston did it tonight, threw for one, caught a screen, and took it to, to, to the house, you know. So a lot of guys showed up, a lot of young guys showed up, and a lot of encouragement from the, the older guys were, were able to make it happen for us. You go from uh, winning in SEC territory to opening the Big 12 era as you go to Lawrence, Kansas, and take on a very good Jayhawks team next weekend. Just a thought about now being in a league starting next week where, where every game is going to have a different kind of meaning than your previous games have had and just how excited you are to, to be in a conference with these great teams and start competing next weekend. Well, just like tonight, I've, I've been impressed with, with, with Sam Pittman from the beginning. I, I think he's an amazing coach. He does a great job with his team. thought they played a great game. You know, We just happened to make more, a little, few more plays and get, get the win. But going into the Big 12, those, those coaches are great coaches. I've been around them long enough and had some interaction with them all of them in, in all our Big 12 meetings. Been really impressed with all of them. And, and, and Lance Leipold's a great coach. I mean, look at what he's doing with his team. I know they're playing a late-night game against, I think, Nevada. Um, and so we'll see what happens. But, but I know that our guys are excited. They should feel confident going to a hostile environment and getting a win. Uh, we know that it's a tough task to go there because they have some great, some great players. I've been really impressed with their players. Uh, we, we were able to meet a bunch of their guys um, in the media days, you know. So I, I've been really impressed with their coaching and, and, and definitely impressed with the players themselves. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to the matchup. By the way, 10-10, Kansas in a battle in Reno in the third quarter, by the way, Kalani. Yeah, so it's going to be some good film for us to watch. That would be great. Hey, uh, how did you come out of this game as far as health, Kalani? 
Uh, I think we have a couple guys that are banged up, but um, most of Crew Wakely early, like second yeah. play, first play, second play. I think that one will probably be a little tough. We'll see how, how he goes with the protocol, but, um, you know, just, just really appreciate him being on our team. We have we have a number of guys that are sore and, and banged up, but you know they'll they'll feel fine on the on the plane trip home. Man, I love the Jay Hill adjustments with the safeties, take them 16, 17 yards deep, really stalling things out. Just so good to see that defensive staff doing so well. And and I love the way you put it, Kalani, because I can echo that and I see it on the field. He speaks your defensive language, and it's evident. Yeah, and and the motivation, the the momentum, the rhythm that he has, and. And, and even when things are looking really rough, to just be able to rally back. All our coaches can do that, and, and they make me a better coach. So I'm, I'm excited about them and really, really excited about what, what we can do in the next future, in the near future, including next week. So um, we, we, we will need to be at our best. We'll have to play better next week than we did tonight. Um, tonight we did enough to win, but there's a lot of mistakes that we got to fix. I mean, the, the illegal touching, that one bothers me so much that's but, three straight weeks now yeah and 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 we, we we're so much better all it takes is one guy stepping off the ball and understanding the line of scrimmage and the uh and checking with the ref and so that again that's my fault i'm the head coach i got to figure this out and make sure our guys don't make that mistake uh we had a couple um other mistakes but for the most part i thought it's pretty clean you know we had pass interference and we play aggressive man defense and so that's going to happen sometimes but I like that our guys put so much pressure and defense, putting so much pressure on the offensive line that the only way to block them was to hold them a few times in the pass rush. And that's, we were getting to the quarterback. We're getting, I, I know we talked, I don't know how many sacks we ended up with. Four, four, after great. after yeah. none last year against KJ. And we're, and we're getting, we're getting, we're closing the windows and making him feel pressure. You know what I mean? And that's, we're going to have to do that every week. We'll have to do that next week too. Last thing for you, Kalani. You're you're calm and cool right now. You're you're chilling out on the field. But uh, you know, 45 minutes an hour ago, you get to be a kid again with your guys. How much fun are nights like tonight when you get to be with your team in a happy locker room celebrating a moment, momentous victory? It was so much fun. And when I got into the locker room, they were already dancing and having fun. So they were already tired from dancing. I'm like, I don't care, guys. I wasn't here, so we're going to have to start the party all over again. And we had a lot of fun, man. I, I, that, that's, this game is a, is a game. It, it, it's about having fun. It's about the energy and the, the love that we have for each other. The fact that they get to re- represent their loved ones, all the sacrifices that it took for their families to get them here, and the best way to show gratitude is, is to have fun, have joy, but then also to give it everything you've got. And I've been really pleased with their effort, their energy. I'm so happy with this entire program, and I'm very honored to be the head coach here. Very, really happy about the uh, the fans that were here. They were awesome. They so were, many of them. So many. So awesome. And, and I'm it's so. I mean, I I had to just look at them and see their faces. It's like. I feel like they're all my people. You know, they're, they're all like, they're, I feel like I know them all. And um, I just wanted to hug them all, but I, I couldn't do that tonight. <laughs> but, man, it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, just, just we got a really good thing going now. Let's just stay humble, keep working hard. All right. We sure appreciate you, Kalani. Congratulations again. And uh, thanks for taking time with us here post game. Love you guys. Cougar Nation, stay safe out there on the drive back wherever you guys came from. But I know a lot of guys made the long trip. Hope you know we love you guys. Thank you so much. Love you, Coach. Thanks, love you guys. We'll see you next week. Go Cougs. All right, that's Kalani Sitake and the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Well, that was some really good stuff. And at the very back end of that, I think people need to take from that a little bit because, you know, we talked about Isaac Rex a little bit about that penalty. And it is getting frustrating. And it could have been a moment that took this game the other way. If and you don't win it, 
that, that, that'll be the microscope moment. That is the microscope moment. So you want to clean that up now because maybe against Kansas you don't get that next chance that they got against Arkansas. And they did a really good job recovering from it. But that is an understated moment and an understated penalty in a game where you just can't have it. And it's the third straight game. And that's why I thought it was important to ask Isaac Rex kind of what what are you seeing? Because that's yardage that's taken off him. That's another, what, 80, probably 80-plus yards, 70-plus yards or so that's been taken off of his numbers um, because of that penalty. So I that was an unprovoked uh, answering of that question for Kalani. He just brought it up and said, we can't do that anymore. That's yeah. on me. He owns it. And he knows he's got to get it fixed. It's just weird. Greg, have you seen that call much in college football? Well, no. It's so rare that I didn't recall calling it. And then to have it happen in three consecutive games. And, and, and they're not happening on first down. They're happening on third down chain movers where it's been a big play every time taken off the, uh, off, off the board. I want you to explain that to me. Like, yeah, well, because you, <laughs> well, I mean, you called them. You both know how rare it is yeah. to have it be in back-to-back-to-back weeks. I can't okay, remember I'm, I'm going to, ever happening. Uh, uh, it's not going to happen next week. Okay. That's my that's my hot take for tonight. My hot take for tonight is it doesn't happen next week. Oh, can we just get into preparation for Kansas? I can't wait By to the get way, back to the film. Okay, Nevada, zero and two, and not a great zero and two coming into tonight. They're in a ten ten ball game with Kansas, who's been looking lights out through two weeks. This is an interesting score right now, and what it portends for next Saturday, I can't necessarily say right now. But we're talking about under ten to go in the third. Kansas in a 10-10 ball game in Reno. It, can you pull up the box score? Is is both Neil? Yeah, Neil's got numbers. Neil is uh, 9 for 52 in a and, score. And Daniels, Daniels is 14 for 20 so they, and 149. They got them both, huh? Yeah. So I, I, this is interesting. And that surely, is, surely they're looking at the BYU score tonight going, let's, you know, they got to get out of Reno. But then they're going to see the score tonight and know that strap it on time uh, next week. Well, this was a two-game stretch, this and, and this Kansas game, that I, I looked at as being very difficult. Man, what's crazy, Greg? And I think I talked to you Wednesday at practice. I said, the film says that BYU's a better team. That, that's what the film said with the new coordinating changes and with some of the personnel. The film said BYU was a better team. Now, to actually come into Fayetteville and into this setting, and actually win, that's a whole different yeah. response. But the film showed that BYU was a better football team. And and it just proved out that they were able to get past everything else and actually prove it on the field. So they're going to have to do that against Kansas. I cannot wait for my film review on Kansas. I'm going to dive into this probably Monday morning and start swimming in some Kansas film so I can get a real feel for it. There was a time in this game tonight when uh, K.J. Jefferson had the statistical advantage over Keaton Slovis by a pretty wide margin when it came to pass efficiency rating. K.J. was up above 150. Keaton was around 90. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. A 60-point differential when the yep. game was still very much in flux, and Keaton ends up with a, with a better number tonight. A 134.5. It's not 150, but it wasn't where it was for a lot of this game. He ends up being above 50% when he was below most of the night. 13 for 25 for a buck 67, modest number, but two touchdowns, no picks, and a 134.5. Jefferson ends up 24 of 35, 247 touchdown and a pick and a 131.6 pass efficiency rating. 
and uh, accounted for the two takeaways from BYU, and BYU ending up plus one in the margin is a massive number. Arkansas outgained BYU by 140 yards. Arkansas had a better yards per play by almost a yard per play. Arkansas was plus nine minutes in possession time (laughs) tonight. They did a lot of things you want to do on your home field, but they didn't win the turnover battle. And we talked about the game. Sam Pittman had not lost a game 14-0 when they just win the turnover battle, and they didn't win it tonight. And and BYU won the turnover margin. BYU won the average starting field position. And BYU's defense needed to make play. They did it time and again tonight. Those third down stops, huge. Two for 13 after a 12 for 15. That's a massive turnaround. And and yeah, no Raheem Sanders. It's an ast- it not it, it, it's it's a it's a footnote on tonight. It's a footnote. They didn't have Rocket, who's a heck of a player, but we saw AJ Green knock off a 55 yarder for a score in the first. Pos- there were still some guys that can run the football. Raheem's pretty special, and BYU didn't see him tonight. But uh, there's nothing but full marks for the way BYU won on the road tonight. Well, these two catches that helped Keaton Slovis' numbers improve. I want to name one the Buddhist palm, and the other one Heaven's hand. Because those are two miracle catches, and I like to name those miracle catches: <laughs> the Buddhist palm and Heaven's hand. So does Chase catches. get Heaven's hand, or uh, Chase was the Buddhist palm? The Buddhist, yeah, palm. because the tip of the football actually hit in his palm, and he just stuck his fingers around the end of it okay. and tucked it into the arm, and then it was the Heaven's hand for, for that Rex, that for Isaac Rex. When, oh, you had to climb the ladder on that or, one. <laughs> Heaven's that ladder. one? Yeah, the, the, the ladder to heaven. Yeah, the stairway to heaven. <laughs> stairway to heaven. It's the stairway, not the ladder. But those catches, Greg, I, I don't – how did they catch those? Yeah, those, those those were two balls that could have been just incompletions on the stat sheet tonight. And, yeah. and two re- amazing plays uh, kept drives alive, led to a score, and then was a score at the other end. All right, let's do this. Let's uh, let's wrap up BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Thanking Kalani for his time. We'll come back and get to the rest of Cougar Post Game Live. The rest of Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live, which will include a trivia question for two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. That's all ahead from Fayetteville on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. All right, 38-31, BYU over Arkansas. Cougs go to 3-0 and on the year. Stats intern Juice Woodson with some interesting stat notes from last year to this year. In 2022, Arkansas beats BYU 52-35. to BYU had no sacks, one TFL, one turnover forced, and allowed 12 of 15 on third down. Tonight, three sacks. Officially, I had them at four. Uh, they brought up to three plus six TFLs, two turnovers forced, and Arkansas ends up two for 13 on third downs. And a, a, a direct turnabout defensively in the stat categories that matter most from one year to the next. Remarkable. Mitch, I'm just curious what you saw with the safety play. Um, the adjustments that were made after just the first defensive series – Jay Hill wasn't going to sit around and waste time. What did you see from some of those adjustments back there? No, I mean, I, I loved it. Uh, and I think the the right guys were in towards the, uh, you know, after the first couple series. Um, 
and from the entire defense, I think safety play included, we just saw a lot of physicality, and they had to match the physicality that Arkansas brought, uh, which was which was remarkable. I, it, and one of, one of my favorite plays of the game, I've got it noted in, in my game notes, was the Ethan Slade pass breakup. I don't know if you remember that. He's going down. It looked like a catch, and Ethan was fighting with him the whole way down, right here just going after the ball and didn't give up. Had a really strong, aggressive hands. Got that ball out of there, and and I think that just showed like the ten, the tenacity that this defense played with after those first couple series when it was like, holy crap, we just got punched in the mouth. It's time to go. They buckled up, and there was there was just a lot of physical football, which was just which was just remarkable. And and these safeties, we talked about it at the beginning um, before the game even started that the, they would be tested, and and I thought they responded well, but but you know caps off to. Um, to Jay Hill for putting them in a position to be successful, playing to the player's strengths, which was just remarkable. This is Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live, brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Greg Grubel, Hans Olsen, Mitchell Jurgens here in the booth. If you want to tweet at us and uh, prompt some discussion points, hashtag BYUCPL, CPL for Cougar Post Game Live, hashtag BYUCPL, or you can just tweet directly at me, Greg Grubel. If you want to express thoughts in a little longer, form format we have an email address cougar post game live at byu.edu that's cougar post game live at byu.edu and uh, hans let's go back and uh, revisit your pre-game forward keys to the game there were yeah. three of them what were they and how they turn out tonight yeah that's it, really they all just played out the way i'd hoped and the way I, you needed them to play out the first one i said hold all edges defensively force all options and runs back inside DNs and strong safeties, corners, all winning their one-on-ones and forcing pressure back inside, and they did a great job at that. KJ, when he gets to the edge, can be a, he can get a, he, he's a handful anywhere. Yeah. By the way, KJ's numbers tonight: one point six yards per carry, twenty-one yards on thirteen totes. Now, some sack yardages included there clearly, and he, but he didn't have too many where he was turning a corner on anybody. That comes down to my number one key. My number three key was safeties need to be on their spots. Arkansas has uh, been limited in big plays to that point, and safeties needed to be on their spots. And within the first defensive series, they weren't on their spot, and Green goes for a touchdown. And I'm pulling what hair I don't have left out, (laughs) thinking, how are you not in position? That is not Jay Hill's defense. And that's why I said to Mitch, the adjustments and the quick adjustments. And it was hard because you bring Wakeley in, and then Wakeley goes out with an injury. And Mitch, I don't know. Did you see Wakeley at all after he went in the tent, or when he he went yeah, back to the locker room? So he right? went back to the locker room and then came out um, not in football pads. So, so he was he was done. Um, I, I I fear it was a head injury. I mean, he got. I don't know if you guys watched it, but he tried to stand up after a little wobbly, right? And he was wobbly. He went down to his knees, had to get helped off. So, uh, you know, it's, hopefully it's not long-term, but, uh, well, yeah, it was... Just to support what you're saying, and you yeah. were, you're right there with Kalani while Kalani's talking, Kalani said he would be in protocol, which would, yeah. I think, insinuate that that would be the case. Yeah. No, I, that, that's, that was what I gathered as well. So um, who knows what that, how long that's going to be. I know with potential head injuries, there's, there's you know, daily check-ins. Um, you gotta you got to pass a lot of... Uh, a lot of tests to ensure that you know you're ready to go, and um, so we'll see if he can make a quick comeback. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Kansas, by the way, has taken a 17-10 lead at Reno, uh, but 
I want to see if KJ, or rather if uh, Jalen Daniels was involved in it because uh, crossing on Twitter was that Jalen Daniels was hit while throwing about 20 minutes ago and appeared to injure his elbow and into the medical tent. And so whether he was part of getting into the end zone on that or not, I don't know. I'm going to try and look at the play-by-play and see if I can uh, find out how that went. And, um, yeah, it was Daniels involved. So he got he apparently came back in. Uh, he came back in and was completing passes on that drive. So he was dinged but came back in. Either way, uh, KU's taken a 17-10 lead in Reno in a game that's proving tougher than maybe uh, I expected it to be uh, when I saw it pop up on the schedule. Hey, hey Greg, I wanted to ask you a question yeah. uh, just with your drive charts and kind of what you've seen. How critical was the Max Tooley moment, that interception by Max Tooley, as far as drives and where he drops back into a zone <laughs> and hides himself and yeah. comes up with that pick? It, and it had just followed the series that had them turn it over uh, at midfield, so it felt like back-to-back giveaways. One, it wasn't officially a turnover because it was on downs, but those were those were consecutive series with Arkansas playing in the lead. Turnover on downs at midfield with the interception by Tooley on the following series, and that's when BYU tied the game uh, with Parker Kingston. And so, you know, BYU at that point, you know, was was still down seven, uh, and and Arkansas was driving to midfield looking to go back up two scores, and so. When that happens, followed by the pick, BYU's just swung the game on two possessions that uh, that that not not only do nothing for Arkansas, but give the ball to BYU where they uh, with a a short field and b uh, going into score. I also wanted to point out that Max Tooley was in on the tackle on the far side that I think forced the fourth down. Was I know he had a big tackle on the far side in a critical down to help force a big-time moment. I thought it was to get to the fourth and one, um, but I, I might be mistaken on that. I just know I know he had a critical tackle on the outside, and, and I want to say it was a, just a flats throw, and he pursued, and he was just beyond impressive. Max, that is? Yes. He had, he, well, he had one on the sideline as well as the far sideline from here. Um, they threw a like an out route, and he broke up the pass. Um, I, I don't know if that's the one you're referring to, but he closed so hard on that play with so much force. And, I mean, it should have been a completion, but he, uh, he, he made that incomplete. I know that was late um, late in the game and, and could have been around that time when he made that play as well. So, yeah, Max was all over the place. Eddie, I mean, with his big solo tackle, and then his strip sack. I mean, there were some big players making yeah. some big plays. We gave we gave Eddie's line earlier, and I I, I I said this either on Twitter or just to people in the off season that beyond the numbers being where they were last year defensively for BYU, there weren't enough guys, quote unquote, making plays. That is, when I when I research a game and I'm putting together my spotting boards and I'm filling up my my spotting board squares, I'm filling them up with sacks and TFLs and INTs and PBUs and hurries. And invariably, the opponents would, would have multiple guys with, with big numbers in those categories. Plays being made in BYU didn't have as many and nearly not as many numerically as these other people. And this year, you're seeing more plays being made by the defensive playmakers. And Max Tooley's line tonight is an example. He goes four tackles, two solo, a sack, one and a half tackles for loss, an INT and a PBU. 
We gave you Eddie's line earlier. It's it's plays being made, not just as a team keeping numbers where they need to be uh, with points being the most important thing. It's it's being disruptive. And I've got to think BYU's havoc rate is better now than it was last year. BYU had one of the lowest havoc rates in the country last year, and it just feels like BYU as a team and individuals are doing more. And the numbers, I think, would bear that out in terms of disruption and true havoc to make things happen. Uh, an email from Bryant coming in at Cougar Postgame Live at BYU.edu, and he writes... In my nearly seven years of listening to BYU football, I don't think I can recall a BYU defense like the one displayed tonight. There have been some good defenses, he says, but I was so impressed with the defense that showed up tonight. They made plays when it mattered most. Yeah. They forced turnovers. They applied pressure after pressure in the final minutes of the game, not to mention all the penalties they forced by Arkansas. This speaks volumes, he writes, to what Jay Hill has been able to do this year, and I want to give huge props to him and his defense. Great win and go Cougs, and then he thanks for the call, and we're happy to bring it to you. And, uh, and, and, and Bryant says, he says, I'm blind, and I'm unable to follow the games on television. I have to contain myself sometimes because I'm often listening in the living room with my parents and often the radio's ahead of the TV, and so he's hearing things before they happen on TV, so he's oh, got to be oh. careful. But as one of our blind listeners out there, um, thanks to you for being a part of our night, and thanks for the email, Bryant. Okay, so... Um Man, so many in, incredible, impressive moments from Jay Hill. And those are some really good comments. Um, I just think that this was as much influence as we've seen to this point from that staff. Just this, the, the way that this game was called, the way the game flowed. It's the most influence that we've seen from Jay Hill to this point. Um uh, it is apparent that these guys are coaching their butts off. Okay, so the point I want to make on this, Greg and Mitch, if I am a four-star safety out there, if I and and I, I don't want to be sensitive to the coaching staff that was here because they're some of my teammates and and close friends, but I think they'll understand what I'm about to say. If I'm a defensive end, if I'm a four-star defensive end in this state or not Arkansas, but back in Utah, or, or anywhere across the country. If I'm a safety, a big four-star safety, I want to play in this system. I can't say the same for the old one. So if you're coming to recruit me, and I'm a safety, and you're like, hey, this is how we run our defense, and I'm watching Arkansas, and I see what I saw last year, I'm like, I want to play in that defense. If I'm watching this, and I'm a big-time nickel, and I'm like, man, so you're telling me you're going to put me on the heat when the game's on the line? I get to come in and pop that ball loose, sign me up. That's how you start rolling in recruiting. You can't play, for lack of a better word, gimmicky. It wasn't overly gimmick. It wasn't all gimmick. You can't play that style defense and go out and get the biggest rush edges and the biggest corners and the biggest safeties. In this defense, you can. You know why? Because this is the defense that's played on Sunday. So, I prepare as a defensive end in this defense. Well, I'm prepared to go play on a Sunday and make a lot of money doing it. That's how you start to roll in recruiting. So the the personnel will improve because now you can jump into the portal and you can be like, hey, did you see what we did against Arkansas? It's pretty fun, huh? You want to come be a rush edge here? Mm. And you can get after K.J. Jefferson just like those other guys did. And it makes a big difference in recruiting. And that's what starts to really roll the defense into something bigger and better. Trevor on the email says, before the season started, my expectations for a successful year were to make a bowl game. 
He says, well, we're halfway there. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to get six, and BYU's got three already. Good uh, point. Jo- Josh Freeman, using hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live, says, uh, salute to the defensive line and linebackers. It seems like they got stronger as the game went on. Did you notice a difference in the defensive play calling at the end or just guys beating their blockers? So one quick thing that I noticed, and, you know, again, we go back to you know, the last couple seasons, and we haven't really gotten accustomed to see this much pressure being brought. One thing that was very evident, um, I don't know if the guys got stronger. I don't know if it was, um, you know, they got better as the game went on, but what was, what was very evident was um, people feed off momentum and bringing pressure, getting to the quarterback – that's a momentum shifter. Oh, yeah. Like you see, you see, and I'm sure on that D line, Tyler Batty gets to the quarterback. Mangleson's thinking it's yep. my turn next, right? Yeah, did. And and it, that it, it seemed so like you know on that last drive when um, Arkansas was going with the last or you know their last drive under two minutes, it felt like BYU was getting to the quarterback every single play, oh. and they did. Right, but it was almost like predetermined. We knew that it was going to be a really hard task for KJ Jefferson to lead him to the end zone because of the pressure that was being brought. But it was it was so much momentum was building off of each quarterback hurry, each sack, um, each pressure that was brought. And yeah, whether they were getting stronger, it was just people just you know having that adrenaline rush and feeding off of it. But it was I mean it was impressive to watch. I, I'm not even kidding you. It's like seeing your co-host get pork ribs and you're sitting there looking at your pork ribs like he's got pork ribs those look good i want those pork ribs yeah and then you start eating off his plate because those pork ribs look really good but then you got your own beef rib that you can't finish so then he gets in on that beef rib and this is by no means hypothetical (laughs) yeah it was so much fun (laughs) holy cow this i think this might be one of the top five greatest days of my life i'm not even kidding okay so day you got married birth of kids and then today with the ribs and then today that makes (laughs) number five (laughs) thomas on the twitter says the ineligible receiver penalties the illegal touching have been frustrating but is it possible he asks that these plays were big gainers because the defensive players do recognize that rex isn't eligible in those situations and then assume he's there only out there to block so they avoid him Uh, interesting thought I'm not sure how much how much their brains are spinning at that point. Potentially, uh, but I, uh, I, still I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're I still mean, running in coverage. Yeah, yeah. You, you look at Isaac Rex. He's not a guy, especially if they're watching the film. They know that guy's not sitting in a in a pass protection on a big no. third down. He's now, if, going out. So if Connor Pay's out there and he's covered by a receiver, yeah, yeah. then it's like, well, maybe we won't cover Connor yeah. Pay. But I think if I uh, possibly, I think it's a, a deep thought. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. it's something that needs to be acknowledged. All right, Scott from Eagle Mountain, who's in Fayetteville. I wonder if there's an Eagle Mountain in Fayetteville. I think, I think he's from Eagle Mountain, but he's in Fayetteville. Oh, okay. I don't think there's an Eagle Mountain here. But Scott says, hey, Greg. This is on the email, by the way. This is uh, Cougar Post Game Live at BYU.edu. He says, hey, Greg, I'm no Ralph Sokolowski, but BYU's 3-0 and with hands in the booth. <laughs> here's, here's, to hands, Ralph here's, here's to hands staying forever, he says. <laughs> well, I hope you stay forever, too, oh. even if BYU does eventually lose a game at some point in your tenure. Man, I would be so honored if this was the time that they all came together. And it was that magical undefeated season. I'd be so honored. Hey, if if it if this keeps going though, if it keeps getting weird, then you know maybe we make something out of that. But let's let's play it cool and coy. Let's not acknowledge <laughs> it yet. 
All right, before the break, and before we get into the break, we'll also do a station ID, but uh, Thad, Thad on the on the email says, fun trip, Fayetteville was beautiful. So we presume that Thad was here with us tonight. He says, getting pressure on the QB without blitzing won the game. Miracle. What a momentum roller coaster, and that it was too. Oh, I just i am sitting there with my palms clasped together because, it, I, Greg, did I not call for it? I begged for it. Going into it, I said, the only way you win this game is off a four-man rush. You can't bring five. You can't bring pressures in those moments. You have to get the pressures with the four downs. And when I was saying it, I was not believing it. But then was, you were saying it and you were seeing and, it. And then I was seeing it and I'm like, what am I seeing? They're getting pressure, multiple sacks, forcing holding calls. That email is exactly right. Let's pause 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Last year in Provo, it was a three-point game around the middle of the third quarter. It was 38. In fact, it was no, it was, it was a three-point game with under five minutes to go in the third quarter. It's 38-35. BYU was within three. Tonight, BYU's down 10 with under five to go in the third quarter. They lose by 17 last year, and they win by seven this year. Mm. BYU, when it came right down to it in those final 15 to 18 to 20 minutes of a game, last year wilted and faltered, could not get a stop, could not make a play. And tonight, in those final 15 to 18 to 20 minutes, got stronger, and made play after play on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know what's interesting, Mitch? And you can take me into the run play that was late just off the left side, and it looked like the defensive line was wearing out. And then I think it might have been the very end of the third and going into the fourth, and I said, uh-oh. Because you had mentioned yeah, yeah. defenses. They, they, th- there were hands on hips. Guys were getting tired. So, so take me through. Was there some – depth rotations that were going on with the defensive line that you saw that was giving guys a bit of a rest? Because to Greg's point, getting ready for this 10-game stretch that we've really hammered, you got to have depth. Was was that part of being able to outlast Arkansas on their own field? I, I don't know if it was that. Um, you know, to, to kind of because I was I was asking the same thing. There was a stint there where it felt like BYU's offense just wasn't on the field. Even when they scored fast, it was one or two plays. Defense kept getting back out there. Um, yes, there was depth. I mean, they I think they had a good rotation, but for the most part, at least not in the um, not from the D line. Everybody else, it was it was pretty much the same guys, hmm. the majority of the game. Um, but I think what was was crucial there is towards the end of the game, as, as BYU built momentum going into the fourth quarter, there were some sustained drives by the offense. Defense made some plays. They got off the field. And and I, I do, I think there was just that stint where it felt like the defense was on the field for the entire, you know, the, I don't know 12 minutes straight almost. And, and it, it does. It wears on them. There were a ton of hands on hips, and guys looked pretty gassed and tired. And, and as soon as they kind of, as soon as somebody made a play, they were able to catch their breath and kind of re regroup to finish the game strong, uh, which uh, which was pretty evident. Okay, uh, I do have to get to a break, but I want to get a couple things in before we do that. Uh, this comes in from Paul Tanner, Paul and Ryan Tanner. Paul says, "Greg Hands and team, I'm on a flight home from Brisbane, Australia. 
and can't thank you enough for the broadcast. With only 12 seconds left in the game, the broadcast briefly cut out, and my son and I were in total suspense. So glad they hung on to win it. Go Cougs. He says, P.S., only nine hours left on our flight. So my only ask is that you keep the broadcast going all night. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for all you do, he says. Go Cougs. Paul and Ryan Tanner on an airplane flying home from Australia. When uh, we were eating some barbecue, BYU fan came up to us. Did you hear the guy say, I'm driving to Dallas after the game. All I ask is that you guys stay on (laughs) until I get to Dallas. I don't know what the miles are on the Fayetteville to Dallas or how many hours that might take, but I told him we'd take it into consideration. I I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't grow tired of talking football. So if if you guys are up for it, I'm up for an all-nighter. I'll stay as long as you guys want to do it. Hashtag BYUCPL. Hashtag BYUCPL. A couple of comments from that before the break. Uh, Bryant says, do you know the status of Malik Moore? I think he went out early in the game, and I didn't hear his name at all after that. And, yeah, Malik was not a factor tonight. Saw some spot duty early, but that was it. And I'm not sure if it was injury or otherwise. He just wasn't part of the plan. It, it didn't appear to be injury. Um, I think that uh, that poor angle, I mean, that after that we didn't see Malik Moore at all in the game. and That was my first call. Yeah. Remember, I said that's a he just he had a bad angle. Yeah. Um, what, did you see yeah. any injury signs on the nope. sideline from Malik? No. Yeah. No okay. injuries. Uh, Park Parker on the uh, Twitter hashtag BYUCPL two points. Uh, what's going on with Aiden Robbins? He asks. Why do you think he didn't play today? Did not get a carry tonight. Dion Smith touched the ball. Uh, L.J. Martin touched the ball. They were the only two running backs with touches. We already knew that L.J. would be the starter, uh, and so uh, Aiden may have his days moving forward, but uh, I don't think he's hurt. Um, I think it's just a rotation change right now, and uh, those are the guys that were getting it done on the ground game. So I think that's not that's the only issue uh, for Aiden, but, uh, again, it's a long season, and it's not going to be one guy getting it done. Question two from Parker. We'll, we'll see him again at some point. Yeah. Parker asks, with all with lots of underwhelming results around the Big 12 so far, and given BYU's win tonight, how much more confident are you that BYU can seriously contend in the conference, not just maybe get bowl eligible? Uh, Kansas, by the way, back and forth game in Reno. It's now 24-17, Jayhawks lead over the Wolf Pack with three minutes to go in the third. Uh, your thoughts, guys, on that last point about uh, the Big 12 and where BYU may or may not end up in terms of contending status in this league? Yeah, as far as a, a record or standings, I mean, you know, uh, it's hard to predict where they're going to be. But as far as contending, I, mean, I think uh, BYU proved today they can compete really with anyone. I mean, this was this is a very good Arkansas team. Um, and to Kalani's point, and, and you heard a lot of the players say this, BYU didn't even play their best football today. And they're not, they didn't play their best football that I'm sure we'll see. We're going to see better football from BYU moving forward as they get to the film room. They make, um, they fix a lot of the mistakes that were made. Um, and I mean, that, that gets me excited. Obviously, yeah, Big 12 play isn't, isn't going as well as, as people thought originally. Um, there could be some, some vulnerabilities, some weaknesses from opponents. And, and if BYU continues to improve, I think they can make a big statement in the Big 12. I don't, I don't know what that, uh, what the record results in, but I mean, absolutely, there's gonna, they're going to be in contention with with a lot of these teams. I really just go game by game because I just like to dive into film, and film always tells an interesting story. Just like Arkansas's film told a story, it it really said that BYU could win that game. And when I just take a broad view at the Big Twelve, I just don't see a team that it's like, nope, 
not going to win that one. Oklahoma coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. By the way, get your tickets, kids. That's going to be a fun one. That is going to be a really tough game. You know, headed to Longhorn Stadium to take on Steve Sarkeesian. Tough game. But I there's not a game looking forward with a healthy BYU team that I'm like, nope, no chance. Don't play it. Just put the L on it. I, I think they're going to be in every one of those games. We're going to give you a skill-testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream here in a second, then we'll take a break. Before coming into our, before tonight's game, BYU was averaging 2.8 yards per rush. BYU averaged 2.5 yards per rush tonight. The question comes in from Twitter. What is it going to take to get the running game going? Is it scheme? Does the line need to gel? Coaching? Questions. What do you think? The run game's not been there through three games. Uh, and there could be different answers in different weeks for why it wasn't a better number. But three games at a, at a sub three yards per rush um, average, you're into, you're into the season now a little bit. What's going on that way, to you, the way you see it? Well, I have. I mean, to me, the, I mean, 3-0 and is 3-0. and mm-hmm. and, and you just the third win is a win in SEC country against the yeah. 2-0 Arkansas team. So how you get there, is it important that BYU doesn't have the rush numbers? Maybe some expected. And BYU was, was five-plus last year, yards per rush. I know that you've been talking to Aaron Roderick through practice weeks, and I've had a couple chances to talk to Aaron Roderick through practice weeks, and he is a big believer in taking what is out there and – utilizing the talent that he has and I just think he's going to where he feels comfortable and he went out and got what would you say was Keaton Slovis the biggest pocket passing quarterback in the transfer portal yeah well you could argue that Hart is Hartman much of a runner a little bit yeah I I would say Hartman and Slovis were right there so you go out and you get the biggest pocket passing quarterback in the portal. I think that was an indicator on what they would implement in camp and what they would come out and attempt to do. You didn't go out and get a KJ Jefferson out of the portal. You got a pocket passing quarterback. So they're using his talent yeah, that's as point. much as they can. Yeah. And the run game isn't exactly blowing things out of the water. So he's feeling like, well, let's just keep pushing it into Slovis's hand and let him do his thing. Then again, nobody was running it on Arkansas either. Consider that through two games, granted it's Western Carolina and Kent State, but you know what teams are running against Arkansas coming in tonight, tonight 1.4 yards per carry. So this is a stout group um, in the SEC. You'll run into that. And, and Sam Houston's and, a stout group. Sam Houston's a good run-stopping D. Yeah. So I, I just think that – They'll keep working on it and keep pushing it. I felt like the offensive line blocking at times was better in the run game. I, and I felt like there was some better blocking in the pass game, too, actually. There were a couple of pickups by Caleb Etienne, and I I thought that he was playing a better game. I know that there's some questions out there with Kime getting in and getting his rotations, but I also know Aaron Roderick wanted to rotate Kime. That, that was not a surprise. BYU had 471 yards of offense, 115 rushing last year against Arkansas and lost. BYU won at 281 yards of offense and 77 rush yards tonight. Trust the process, somebody once said, and the process resulted in a 38-31 win for BYU tonight. Tyson on the Twitter said, how crazy is it that as good as Rex's catch was, it wasn't even the best catch of the game. 
Chase Roberts, I think, got the number one Sports Center top ten play tonight with his one hand touchdown. He uh, did, and that was the game winning score tonight for BYU. All right, here's your skill testing trivia for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. You want to use the hashtag BYUCPL with your response, and so the first correct response on my timeline using the hashtag BYUCPL will get two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. It is brought to you by the BYU Creamery. It's called Inside Scoop Trivia. The classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today, the BYU Creamery. Here are the questions. In which SEC cities has BYU recorded wins? Should I tell them how many cities there are or just say in which SEC cities? Give them a number. Okay. In which four SEC cities has BYU recorded victories? Listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. BYU defeats Arkansas on the road tonight, 38 31. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. BYU Creamery's Inside Scoop Trivia gave us a question. The question was In which four SEC cities? Has BYU recorded victories? And the first correct answer came through, and there were a lot that came flooding in with hashtag BYUCPL. And the first correct one was from Taylor Greenhall. And Taylor said that the four cities are Knoxville, yes, win at Tennessee, Starkville, yes, win at Mississippi State, Oxford, yes, win at Mississippi, Ole Miss, and uh, Fayetteville, win at Arkansas tonight. So, yeah, Knoxville. Starkville, Oxford, Fayetteville, those are the four cities in which BYU's picked up uh, SEC road wins, the four SEC cities. Bonus, how many of those did Greg Rubel call? That's a bonus question. How many of those four victories did Greg Rubel call? On play-by-play? Yep. I know the answer. (laughs) <laughs> all four i'm gonna give you some ice cream but all four <laughs> i got all four of dang, them dang right you did yeah and one of them came in my first year yeah starkville 2001 that's at mississippi state cowbells a plenty that was the game luke luke staley hurts his leg and goes out for the year byu was 12 and 0 after that win and they wouldn't win again but that was my first season as play-by-play okay so because you've called all 12 which do you all think four are all four which do you think was the most impressive. I don't know, man. The checkerboard was a checkerboard, and it's such a big stadium. Neyland Stadium just felt really special because of how big the place is. But, you know, and we don't know how good Arkansas is going to be at the end. It just felt like Tennessee. That wasn't maybe their best team, and and, and I don't know. In the moment, it felt pretty big. Um, and the checkerboard makes it special. Um, this, I don't know, I just, because you get to 3-0. and BYU had followed a loss to Utah with the Tennessee win. Um it was big to get to one and one but this one just feels a little bigger that way. Um, Oxford was the first game of Independence, by the way. Kyle Van Noy with the uh, defensive touchdown to win it. That first game of Independence at P5 country uh, felt kind of big. Um, and then Starkville got you to 12-0 and 0 in 2001, so they were all kind of big in their own way, really. Those are four, uh, four pretty landmark wins. The real bonus question would have been, BYU does have another away win, but it wasn't actually in an SEC city. 
and it wasn't even a team that was in the SEC at the time. They beat Texas A&M back in 1979, I believe the year is, and it was in Houston at Rice's Stadium because in College Station, their station was, uh, stadium was still being renovated. It wasn't uh, it was supposed to be a home game. went down as a home game, but not in College Station in Houston, so it doesn't really count as an SEC city. Uh, on the Twitter, I found out that uh, Jacob Conover has come in as a third-string quarterback for Arizona State. Are they getting thumped by Fresno tonight? Can you check on that? Because yeah. it looks like on the Twitter it said uh, Fresno State 26 and ASU nothing. That is that's true. That's how Conover comes 20, into the game. 26 nothing with five minutes left in the third. Mm. 26 nothing. By the way, Kansas and Nevada are now squared up again. That's crazy. Uh, oh, and I did want to throw this out there. Colorado State now with an 11-point lead <laughs> over Colorado with 11 minutes left in the fourth. My old coach from the Indianapolis Colts, Jay Norvell, Going out on the line and saying, hey, when I talk to adults, <laughs> I take off my hat and sunglasses. I, something tells me that this score holds that Jay's showing up to the postgame presser with uh, with sunglasses on. Oh. So, <laughs> this, this thing may go back and forth for a while. I love this so much. It's so much fun. This, if Dion stays in Boulder more than one season. Yeah. But but who knows? Let me tell you, if Colorado State, beat, if they beat Colorado, then that just puts everything on its head. Now everybody's mad at Dion again? No, everybody will still love him, but he better follow it up with a win. Parker Kingston, by the way, in this 38-31 game tonight, uh, throws for a touchdown his first as a collegian and uh, a receiving touchdown his first as uh, as a BYU player. And um, I think the stat gets confirmed. Yes, uh, Parker, this came in from at BYU Statsman, by the way. Parker's only the seventh BYU player to throw and catch a touchdown in the same game. And I've got to think Steve Young is one of them in that Holiday Bowl back in 1983. I would think that Steve would have uh, thrown a touchdown in that same game, wouldn't you think? Yeah. He caught isn't, the game winner. Um, is Jim McMahon one? I think Zach, isn't Zach Wilson? Probably, yeah. I think yeah. Zach Wilson. I think uh, Aleva might have been throwing to him. Who was it? Okay. So then the actual bonus on that would be is when you look at non-quarterbacks because he's a non-quarterback. That's a good point. Yeah. So I would, how many non-quarterbacks did it? I would imagine that the out of the other seven, that he's probably one of the very yeah. few that is a non-quarterback. And and by the way, speaking of that Holiday Bowl, yes, it was true. Um, Steve Young threw a 32-yard score to Eddie Stinnett, and then caught a 14-yard touchdown from Eddie Stinnett to win it. So he was one of those guys too. But yeah, non-quarterbacks, good question. But Parker had that kind of night tonight. And uh, wow, Keanu Hill didn't figure. In the outcome tonight, Cody Epps didn't figure in the outcome tonight. A couple of big pieces from last year. Did now, that Chase, surprise you? Maybe? Chase did, which, of course, is, is massive. Chase's catch is an all-timer. But uh, BYU is showing the ability to go out and find some people and develop some people. And, and of course, Darius and Keelan, uh, Lassiter and Marion both have stepped right in. And, and Parker's emerging now as a special teams and offensive threat. Some good depth developing there among weapons. Were you surprised there were none? I mean, if you would have told me before the game, I would say absolutely that BYU would win this game without those guys being involved no catches for um, either one it would be I would say that'd be very very surprising but after watching this game and and recognizing or seeing who stepped up it's it's true BYU has a ton of weapons um and I think they're utilizing them all really really well like um I mean we obviously saw the emergence of Parker Kingston today he looked explosive he looked fast um kind of played that Cody Epps role a little bit and um, I mean, there's just there's a lot of playmakers on on this offense, especially. I mean, you're seeing it revolve around Isaac Rex right now. I mean, there's there's just so much, um, so many options, so many targets. So 
you're going to probably see this throughout the season that there's a big name player on the offense who's not going to get involved. Um, but that's not, uh, and I don't think moving forward it's going to be that surprising just because of how many weapons they have. They haven't turned the lights out on us in our booth, but every other set of lights is going off, and I'm just waiting for someone to come in and say, you guys are done. Why, why do <laughs> so, I feel like I'm in a Baker Mayfield commercial? <laughs> you know, like, sorry, guys, yeah. Mom said you got to go home. All right, a couple things out of the email, and then we may, have, we may have to wrap it up. We may be forced off the air here. Um, and this coming in from Adam Smith using the email Cougar Post Game Live at BYU.edu. And you've kind of addressed it, Hans, a little bit in different ways. But he says, uh, hey, guys, go Cougs. Why do you guys think BYU can get so much pressure rushing four compared to the past? It was incredible, he says. It's technique. It, it is. It's technique and it's style. Um, I know that Jan Jorgensen's been working with the edge rushers. I know that Kelly Popinga has been working with the edge rushers. I know that Sione Puha has been working with the edge rushers. And those three all have different ideas, angles, and visions of rushing. And I think that it's been a very good influence. Okay, so let me just – I don't. did you hear um, Tyler Batty's interview with us? You were yeah. standing right next to him? Yeah. I was asking about the, the – the sack that he got and what happened in that moment. I'll take you what, what, to what my eyes saw. I saw him take a half step out. I saw him cock his back in more towards the line, so he's kind of pointed at the quarterback. And I saw a rush that included a heavy left step jab. He's, I want picture to, people to picture it. He's lined up on the right side, so he's jet formationed out. He takes a big left-footed step jab down at his defender, or sorry, his uh, offensive lineman. The lineman puts his hands out, and he swipes the, the hands away off the jab and comes with a really nice rip and speed rush off the edge. That's just improved technique. He's not engaging with the lineman. He's not just bull rushing. That was a planned and ran pass rush that takes good coaching and and really good expertise that's what i saw it's better um i saw banya uh take a really nice inside move on a guy and just beat him with speed on the inside so i think that coaching plays a big role on those guys that are rushing matt in idaho falls says to the crew here Thanks for keeping me, my family, and my friends calm. I sent this text out, he says. This was the actual text he sent out. Hans says, no worries, calm down, three plays. This is you early in the game. It's 14 nothing, Arkansas, and you're going, it's three plays. They've made three plays. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. I'm not worried. Yeah, that just goes to my, my playing experience because that's how I would have been on the field. I would have said, guys, what are you, you going to cry over three plays? It's three plays, and at halftime, I'd have been like, it's three plays. Where it started to worry me was when they came out, got a big defensive stop, and then methodically went down the field. and Marched down with, with no third downs. It was all first and second down. And yeah. stomped it in for a touchdown. I was like, well, that one is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a different feel. But, yeah, I had no worries. None. 14 points. I, I don't like spotting an SEC team 14 points, but it was the way that they did it that I just wasn't concerned about. 
Uh, Ryan asking why there were no 10-second runoffs during injuries under two minutes, and the rule there is under one minute. So it's under two minutes on first downs, clock stopping, but under one minute on injury runoffs. So that's why that didn't happen. And, uh, the, yeah, there was a point in the, second, uh, in the second half when they score the way they score, and you're thinking, well, sometimes SC teams just kind of, you know, show why they're SEC teams the second half, and, 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 and that's that. And it wasn't that tonight. They had double, they had two score leads and the ball. And BYU never quite let the, arc, the, Ra- the Razorbacks take total control. Well, what's a standard work day? Some say eight hours, right? Yeah. We've been on the air for eight hours. There you go. 3.30 till 11.30. It's, it's an hour later. It's past midnight here in, uh, in Fayetteville. But, yeah, it's been an eight-hour broadcast. Let's call it the Dolly Parton Show. Working nine to five. <laughs> Mitch is looking at us like, what are you talking it, about? It doesn't. You know, eleven three thirty to eleven thirty doesn't roll off the tongue quite as nicely in, yeah. in song. But th- that said, uh, <laughs> good good day's work here uh, in Fayetteville, I think. And and we had and we talked about it early and and during and and we had a really fun day today. You know, we, oh. we, we got we got to meet up uh, at the hotel and 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 pick up Jake at his hotel, our spotter, great spotter, and and go find a place to eat. And we found Wright's Barbecue. And uh, and spent 90 minutes plus there, and and only half of it was spent eating. The rest was just spent in line and socializing with Razorback and BYU fans. We had great food, and 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 we're doing it in SEC country where the hospitality is so real and genuine. And then we got to come to the booth and 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 call a an all timer tonight and and see BYU go to three and zero. You know, Hans was not too. He said this is one of like the five best days of his life. It's top five, <laughs> top five. Okay, for instance, guys. If I could go full Bill Murray on this, and all of a sudden I'm waking up hitting my alarm clock because I just I just hit a red-eye flight to get here, and I'm meeting you back in the lobby, and you're kind of greeting me with the same greeting, I would just be excited to play it all over again. And then I'd hope we'd do it again. I hope I could just have the Groundhog Day every single day. Just let this be my day, every day, Yeah, talking great football. And I'm talking fun, great football. There was some... Rough moments, but it was really great football and good food, and this is just one of the best days you can have. And even parking a half mile away from the stadium like we are, how fun a half-mile walk was that coming to the coming to the venue today? Well, it was awesome until I had a BYU fan ask me if I was your security. <laughs> I, I, I said, are you being serious? Like, what's it like working security for Greg? And I said, I said you got to be kidding me. I, I'm not security. I'm part of the, the broadcast team. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll go with that one. It's like, oh man! I only looked like a bouncer. <laughs> I'm like, man, do I really look like the heavy? Uh, Mitch looks more like the tough guy. I mean, oh. he 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 looks more like he's off Roadhouse. Like, you know, I'm I'm just the 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 happy-go-lucky guy that wants to throw a cornhole bag here and there. Like I grabbed a cornhole bag, yeah. and chucked it. There was a lot of cornhole being played on the stroll up to, from the parking lot, no doubt. Well, uh, we are all happy. And uh, and and not a luck in, not a lot of luck involved in this one. This was a hard earned win yes, by BYU tonight, thirty eight thirty one. Let's uh, thank all the crew for making this broadcast possible tonight. We'll start back at BYU Radio in Provo. Jason Shepard, our studio host. Seth Larson and Derek Dungan, our control board operators. Terry South, our coordinating producer. Ethan Arkell, our broadcast editor. Engineer Barry Squires back in the shop at BYU Radio. Our booth engineers. Doug Olson and Scott Sandstrom, great job. Man, they set up the booth perfectly for us. Yeah, they did. What a a setup by those guys. They put in the long hours, traveled Thursday, an extra day early, got out here, spent a lot of time yesterday here getting it ready to go, and then set up a great booth for us. So uh, thanks to Doug and Scott. Fantastic job. Jake Murphy was our spotter tonight. Our stats and turns were Juice Woodson 
and Ken Ruth and Ralph Sokolowski also helping out, helping out on the stats and remotely as well. And so those folks really help us do the jobs we do and, and hopefully make us sound as good as we hope to sound uh, during the course of the broadcast. So appreciation. And then, of course, to the BYU Athletic Communications staff, Duff Tittle and uh, Brett Pine and uh, Kenny Cox and so many others unnamed that helped this broadcast be what it is. We really hope you enjoyed it. And that just leaves the guys on the headset tonight. So uh, for the man to my far left, Hans Olsen. The man to my near left, Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Rubel, thanking you all for tuning in to BYU's 38-31 win in and at Arkansas. Next week, we are on the air from Lawrence, Kansas, the Booth, David Booth Memorial Stadium, and it'll be BYU and KU for the Cougars' first ever game in SEC country, uh, rather in Big 12 country in a Big 12 conference game. It'll be an 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time pregame and a 1.30 kick, 2.30 there in Lawrence for BYU and KU, Kansas, in the Cougars' Big 12 opener. And looking back on what KU is doing tonight, they're in a 31-24 back-and-forth battle in Reno. The Jayhawks have a seven-point lead on the Wolfpack as KU looks to go to 3-0. We know the Cougars will be 3-0 next Saturday in Lawrence. All right. For Hands and for Mitch, my name is Greg Rubel once again saying, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Looking for a fun and affordable getaway to somewhere nice? You have been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by all Pro Capital Real Estate Investments by Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. BYU Football is also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug, fresh for everyone. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.